Just switch it around. Hey, James. How are you, buddy? <laughs> Good. Good to see you. You too. Nice to meet you too. Nice place, man. Hey, Mark. Guess what, man? It actually worked. We're actually live right now. So, Already? Uh, except, except uh, Pat's facing sideways. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, there you go. There you, you go. go. So, you know, something, it actually worked out. We're actually, I can't believe this. We had problems with some technical problems the last few weeks with uh, Facebook Live, but we are uh, we're live a little early. We're live at like three minutes early. So you got an Irish guy in there. That's why you got to look uh, at the Irish. If you guys don't mind that, we'll, put, we'll go on a little early. You can't mark. Yes. Uh, my contract states I don't start before. <laughs> oh, the country, yeah, oh, we're making big coin from our Patreon, man. I'm putting it in for overtime. What time is it now? Set up. Oh, I, I can't believe it works so well. I'll keep my All right, so let's get started here. Since it's working, let's take advantage of it. My name is Mark DeMeo. Uh, I'm your host. This is uh, Police Off the Cuff After Hours, my partner in all things law enforcement. Uh, the very handsome Bill Cannon is here with me tonight. I'm so excited tonight. We have two amazing guests. One from 3,000 miles away in Dublin, you know? He, he actually, I, I think he has a Guinness on his desk. I can't see it, but he probably has, he's got something. I have one, I have one a day, so today yeah, I'm going to have one a day Guinness guy. And, and Pat's probably got a Sambuco with three coffee beans and a snifter. Because he's from the <laughs> I got a red, I got a red one. I got a well, let, let's introduce our guest. Our guest tonight, we have James, uh, James Mooney. He's yep. coming to us from Dublin. No, he, from New York. I'm in New York. I'm in New York. Oh, you're in New York. I'm here. I'm from Dublin originally. He's okay. from Dublin, but yeah, he's in New York. He, you know, okay, okay. He's like the York. Irish angel. Uh, you know what? Listen, <laughs> he's a, to tell you a little bit about James, he's a professional groomer to the stars, a yep. stylist. Um, you're probably wondering why would police off the cuff have, um, <laughs> have a stylist on the show? Well, the truth is, um, My agent rang and they said, oh, these guys need some haircuts just because that, of COVID. Yeah, so I'm trying to get extra work at the moment. The I don't know closed. what to do with my hair. <laughs> you know, I'm you trying know to what get happened? some color for you. <laughs> what happened was that uh, we had some professional people watching the show. And they were, you know, I didn't want to tell Bill, but they were commenting on uh, a on loose, loose, loose shirts. <laughs> and maybe they could uh, put a little color in his hair, yeah. uh, br brighten it up a little bit. <laughs> so what do you think, James? Do we do anything with him? I got you. That's what I'm here for. Really? <laughs> yeah. I thought he was a lost cause. Pat is the How most doing, stylish man? guy, though. Pat's got that Italian haircut. All right, let's introduce Pat. He's back. Uh, Pat Russo's back with us. He's a retired member of the service, and he's running uh, the uh, Cops and Kids Boxing, and he's here to talk to us about that. They just are ready to open up their brand new location. I've seen pictures. It looks amazing. Um, I actually want to go down there, Pat. No, 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 you have, it's mandatory that you get there for the grand opening. Okay, you when is You could, it, well, it depends. Well, let's call Governor Cuomo after this. Tell us, uh, tell our audience about it again, one more time. Well, well it's, it's a program that I started as a rookie cop, uh, as part of the pilot precinct for community policing, where we met with the community and we listened to the community on what the most prevalent problems that we're facing that community. At the time, it was Sunset Park, Brooklyn. And Sunset Park, like a lot of neighborhoods, 
throughout New York City, and I'm sure throughout the world. I'm sure in Dublin, you have the same problems. Because I meet, we we actually box against uh, a couple of Dublin clubs once yeah, in a while. The ones down in Sheriff Street, from Sheriff Street, Dublin Docklands boxing. Yeah, and, and speaking yeah, to the coaches yeah. there, and yeah. and uh, and the guard, the, That's yeah, right, the, the police department. Yeah, yeah, and they uh, they it's it's basically the same problems that the kids. The at-risk kids really didn't have a place to go yeah. to be around yeah. good, positive people. And when you're around good, positive people, you become a good, positive person. I think that's it gives true. you a structure as well. I think that's the beauty of it. I think it's like it has a very structured environment for them where they learn structure in their lives. By the time they got home, they've learned something new with what structure is all about. Those, those rules associated with what you do. If you don't, you get hurt. Are you, are you guys all right? Are you guys all right? Or do we need an Irish interpreter? <laughs> you might need one in an hour. <laughs> I can get one. So, uh, so Pat, you're opening up a new facility soon too. Obviously, you mentioned the fact that um, you know you're waiting on Cuomo and everything's got to be clear with the COVID. But where is it? Well, it's, it's in the middle of Flatbush, Brooklyn. It's a perfect spot, centrally located. It's right by a train station. And it was a collaboration between the police department, um, which I am retired sergeant, and the New York City Cops and Kids program, which is a not-for-profit program located within the city, and our landlord, who I guess is the business community, who gives us the place for with no charge, no utilities. That's the wonderful thing he did. Who is this guy? This guy is J.J. B. Stricker. Hey, about the name. JJ Bistrick and is it um, just just a, a wonderful human being? He he realized when when they first purchased this big facility, and it's it's a it's a major complex. It goes it goes for probably eight or nine blocks in the middle of Brooklyn. He realized that he needed to uh, to to do right by the community and to to make this space available, and it's totally free for kids twelve to twenty one years of age. Is it near Liberty Avenue in Atlantic? No, it's not that one, right? No, no, I'm familiar with that one also. That's Liberty in Pennsylvania. There's a, yeah. a yeah. big uh, NYPD facility there. And I, I'm hoping, but I, I, met, I actually met personally with the PC, the police commissioner, this week. And we're looking to put a, a program into that facility. That's you know what? Ours currently is the only free program located in New York City. So I got I got kids traveling from up in Harlem, from the Bronx, just just to, to travel in two hours just to train in our program. I saw well, the, about some yeah. sorry go ahead. Go ahead Mark. Sorry. No, I saw I saw the pictures that you post and it's very inspiring and the place looks beautiful. Well, the, place, and, the, place, the place is literally going to be spectacular. And we're going to take it to the next level now. It's not and, only going to be a boxing program. Boxing is going to always be the anchor. Because got boxing attracts those at-risk kids that want to be tough guys, but uh, but we're gonna we're gonna expand it to include CrossFit training, Olympic weightlifting, yoga, and uh. Guys, you have um for Bill the uh, the Zumba. You got that? <laughs> we we could add that. The Zumba I, class of my life. <laughs> but for Bill, oh, we, he likes for to Bill, see we it have a, we have a homework help program. I know oh, Bill's good. a professor. I can help with homework. <laughs> but I, I, I think I'm going to recruit Bill. It's just for uh, up to 21, or can other people come too? And 
12 to 21. We do have, once the kids age out, with the kids become volunteers because I'm not I'm not going to put them in the street. Hey, Dad, they... Are there any AA meetings available at these locations? <laughs> <laughs> we we could probably do that half hours. But it's a bit like Carney's community in London. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very. Yes. Carney's doing amazing jobs. George Turner, who runs that, and Mark Rygate. I'm good friends with Mark Rygate. You know yeah, Mark, was... right? The, you know the, Mark. The, the... Me? What? No. Uh, Pat, he knows Mark Reigate. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure who Mark is. So Mark used to bring the kids over from Fitzroy Lodge in London to box. Mick Carney was his boss. Mick Carney yeah. ran Fitzroy Lodge from, it, it was basically the gym opened in 1908. Mick Carney took it over in the 60s. I, the I know of him. I do know of him, yes. Yeah, he used to bring kids over to, fly, uh, to fight in the police athletic league. Again, or he used to set up bouts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I ended up boxing twice. Against the uh, in London, oh, very against, good. against against the Bobbies. Were you all in two? <laughs> I was. I was actually. I, <laughs> sure. I don't. I never forgot his name. Sean Doyle, wonderful, wonderful Bobby. He uh, he really, he really, he gave me a beating in Atlantic City. He was he was six foot four, and I'm five ten. Oh. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't brush my hair a week after that bout. The lumps I had on my head. I got a beating like that once too, but it was in a parking lot in Long Island. Tell us about some of the work you're doing with the kids in New York City. Who me? Oh, well, I mean, I don't know what I do with them, Bill. I just run around with them all day. I sort of do, um, I guess, social documentary through photography to try and understand what the kids are going through. Um, I try and use photography as a tool for them to see what out there for them so they can use it as a form of expression mm-hmm. um i try and use it for other people to see and be educated what goes on so then they could either get involved to try and help like with i done a program in orange county juvenile hall in the prison there out in, in, in los angeles helped set up a fashion show inside the prison where the kids became the models the actors the producers they put it all together with one woman who was the lead designer at asics and she got involved with this woman crystal anthony an amazing woman. She used to work for the FBI for um, for human trafficking, and she's still involved with it today. But she got me into the prison, and we we had an idea, and we made it happen. And yeah, it was just incredible. It was the kids are like fourteen to seventeen, and some were serving twenty five for life. James, can you get any of these celebrities to loosen up their pockets and start pulling out somebody's? Uh... That'd be like going to Crown Heights and asking for a dollar. <laughs> Doesn't happen that easy. They can sneeze on you quicker than giving you a dollar, but no. Hey, can you give us a little backstory? I was reading your bio. So obviously you grew up in Dublin, but your brother was involved in in styling and then he got you in it? So I saw what he was doing because I used to do engineering. I used to cut metal on machines with uh, with lathes. I got kicked out of school at 14. I used to get into trouble, but not as bad as my brother. So my brother got into hairdressing and he started coming home with nice looking women and new clothes. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? So I ended up just choosing what he'd done instead and found an easier path. My uh-huh. wife always says to me, it's like, what do you do all day? You just go into work and you do this. Uh-huh. You can't even cut hair. So I was like, that's what I do. I get paid for doing that all day. I used to, I used to want to cut hair. Man. That's always been like a thing of mine. It's a great way. To, like what I learned about hairdressing is it's a great way to communicate. So it's like, you know, the way when you're at home and your wife is bawling you, she's like, 
Uh-huh. But you, you have to learn to switch off because she's always right. Yeah. So a hairdressing, it gives you those tools perfectly because when you're doing hair over the hairdryer, you can't hear a word, but you know when to nod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like a sober bartender in a way. It's like Sort of, in a way. Yeah, like I only have one of these. Yeah. Sort of. to talk to you when you can't talk back, right? You're like, oh, oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, but you know what? You do have real personal conversations with your stylist. You know, it's an hour to sit in the chair. Or uh, we never listen, though. <laughs> oh, you never listen. But I always ask questions too. You know, I, I, how you doing? Like, I don't just sit there and and, and talk. But I ask yeah. how, how we. I'm interested in how they're doing too, so they get a chance to I, maybe. I don't My know. clients never ask me how I'm doing. <laughs> really? Yeah. Maybe that's no. why I'm not an A-list celebrity yet. Yeah, I mean, I can't, like, like, my worlds are totally separate. I've got two different worlds that I live in. Bill knows I live in one world, and then I got another one. So they're two very different. So it's like sometimes when you speak with, onto the celebrity end about what I do, they're not really that interested because it's too, like, what the fuck is this clown doing my headphone? He's off doing this other stuff. But they want so, to give their opinion. They want to talk to talk. But, you know, walk is I think it's... I think for me, Bill, it's like there's always there's three sides to the story. I'm sure you guys know this, right? There's your side, his side, and the actual the actual story, right? So I think that's what's going on at the moment. And I think that the narrative is very mixed up. And it's the same with the job I do when I'm doing hair. Because when you walk in there, because of where I'm from, it's like I let that get into my head as, a, as like, oh, you're from there. So therefore, you must be this. So that's why I translate it into the kids. Because when you work with celebrity, it can be a little bit tricky, like, you know, one of the celebrities work with amazing, super, super compassionate. But there's other ones out there are not that as compassionate. Let me ask you a question. Like, how did you go from being a regular uh, hairstylist to doing celebrities? Well, who was the first one that, that, that like, you you know, you, whose hair did you do first that caught everybody's attention and they wanted their hair cut by you? I can't speak out of bed. What? I can't speak out of bed. Kids, what? I can't speak well out of bed. It's like I can't tell, you know what I mean? I can't, I can't do names because there's a whole, like. Okay, but, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't, but, all right, so. It just sort of happened. It wasn't me. I was like, I, had, like, I, I was working in Dublin. I was working on a, a certain film. Someone took me in there to do some work. Someone saw the work that I was doing. They wanted me to go to London. Then I get an agent in London. And then the agent in London, they have a portfolio. The portfolio goes out and then they see what I do. You specialize in men or women? Whatever I can get paid for. But you must have had one one cut that that made it that. None whatsoever. What it is, Mark, is like. Look, for me, it's all about how you enter the room, right? So it's like you can be the most brilliant hairdresser uh-huh. or the, the best stylist, but the wrong attitude, right? Uh-huh. So it's like sometimes you can't move forward. So sometimes I'm like the worst hairdresser, but I got a good attitude. <laughs> No, the, the reason why I ask you this is because, like, look, look, Jennifer Aniston had that haircut. Um, yeah. Whoever did that, that stylist blew up overnight. Like, that yeah. became the most... I never popular. had that. I never but had I thought, that. Happen. I thought maybe you had one of those moments where you had somebody yeah. that you were grooming that was really... And do you do clothes, too? No, no, no. I mean, normally on set, it's normally like, can he really do hair? Does he know what he's doing? That's what I normally hear. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So. Is there a particular... Uh, era that you're really good at or you can do all of them like if you're doing a movie and it's a period piece you have to adjust right obviously you yeah no for me it's like youtube is an amazing tool now so i'll look at that and i'll figure out before i go to the job what they look like and then i'll go oh that's what they do and then sometimes i'll go on youtube now i'll see people doing their hair at home and copy what they do and i go to do the person 
Wow. So I'm visual because I was I was never really trained. You know what I'm saying? So I figured out visually what to do. Huh. And then like if you're in New York City, I, I remember when I was a kid, I had a I had a tail. Um that you know what it wasn't fashionable, like nobody knew about this thing yet. Yeah. But um we started it here. Yeah. And we had, you know, we used to cut our hair short, really curly on top, and then have these long tails. I painted them. I still like got a mullet. Them. Like we, a mullet. No, 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 no. That was before the mullet. I'm talking about a rat tail right back here. Not the whole mullet, <laughs> just the rat tail. And that was when you were into hip hop, if you were into break dancing. Yeah, I did, that's yeah, what I was into when I was a kid. So the next thing you know, it, once it caught on, everybody started doing it all over the country. They wanted these, uh, that, those rat tails. <laughs> no, I haven't created anything yet. My point was a lot of it comes from like this urban area. So when you're walking around, I'm sure you're seeing things that like, you know, you could bring to the set, right? No, I'd never bring it to set, trust me. <laughs> huh? James, no, what never. would you do if you met the guy who styled Mark's hair? <laughs> what would you do to him? I'd ask him for a haircut. <laughs> you know what? You know, what's funny He's is that- He's actually doing a good job. It's not bad. It looks good. Did you cut it or did someone else cut it? No, no, I went to, I go to these barbers over here, right? And, well, actually, I have a place in the city that I go to. I should mention them. Um, oh, fuck. Carlo Marco. It's on, it's on, um, it's on Waverly. 21st? No, it's on Waverly. Oh, Waverly the when I was a oh, cop, when I was a cop, I was working the uh, Halloween parade. And I come around the corner and, you know, when you're a cop, you're looking for, you know, free yeah. booze, whatever, you know, you want to hang out, you want to party just like everybody else. So I'm looking around and <laughs> so I find this, this, uh, the stylist place and there's right. somebody dressed like, um, uh, Jane, uh, Jane Mans uh, Mansfield, Jane Mansfield. Yeah. And it was, but it was a guy. Right. So I'm like, Hey, what's up? What's going on? You guys having a party? Mind you, I'm in full uniform right now. I'm like you guys having a party? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, what do you want? You want a beer? You want some wine? So next thing you know, I'm hanging. And they invite, you know, they said, you got to come back and get a haircut. So the first time I went back, uh, Bill, I got it on the arm. But then I don't, I wanted to come back again because they kept my hair so well um, that uh, I said, you know what? From, I don't want it for free anymore. I, I want to pay right, for right, right. respect you yeah. guys. And then I've been going there for years. Maybe. Sometimes I get my hair cut in the barber too. Right. And those guys like Jane Mansfield too when you go there. No, no, those guys are Dominican. <laughs> those guys and Dominican guys, Dominican guys, they can do the sides perfect, the back perfect. They can shape up your beard, but if you have straight hair on top, they yeah, don't know what they they to do. They got to call a conference. I see them all in the corner. Mira, pero dímelo, ¿qué pasa aquí? <laughs> like they're talking about my hair like how do you they call it up watching youtube just like That's me you know, on youtube let me straight in there cut straight hair i don't know what the fuck to do with straight hair because everybody comes in there has an afro and hey, tighten it have you seen pat's face in the last 10 minutes <laughs> i don't know what the fuck to say or think <laughs> we gotta get we gotta pull him back in just when he was out, we pulled Pat, where are you? We lost you, man. You want to hit something? Go ahead. Hit something, man. Yeah, I, 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 I lost the video. Oh, oh okay. Okay. <laughs> You're back, though. You're back. You're back. I'm back. You see me? Yeah, Bill. See you. Uh, that's all that counts. Yeah, yeah Bill. What you got on the... What's on the background? The sports? You watching the sports, Pat? No, I'm, I'm, I'm in a conservatory. I have a conservatory. Okay. Wow. No, I can see the reflection on the back there, just on the beat. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. We got what the fuck? What just happened right now? 
Pat's not a conservatory. First of all, Pat has some business that I don't even know what it is. What is it? Construction? Oh, or something no, like that? No, no. Then, then he's, uh, then no, he's got a wholesale. What? I, I, I have a wholesale food distributor. Okay, you got a wholesale food distributor. Then you're involved in the boxing, and I don't know where you got a conservatory. Were they playing chamber music in the back? So like, oh, what the fuck are you talking about? You got a conservatory. I didn't even know there was a, a conservatory in Staten Island. Where is this conservatory in Staten Island? In Tottenville, Staten Island. So what's in there? What? No, it's it's just a glass room where to hang out. Oh, I thought you meant you're like you had like a, a whole. Other... <laughs> no, no. James, tell them what a conservatory is. I don't know. A glass house. I know, know you glass house in London. It, it's 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 modeled after London. Yeah, excuse me, Pat. I'm in the basement apartment here in the Bronx. All right. <laughs> I don't know what the fucking conservatory is. He's got fifty. He's got fifty employees for his food distributorship. So that's why he's he's living in the conservatory there. Hey, Spat, hey Pat. Speaking of that, I, I need a job, man. You got a CDL? Not yet. I should have yeah, got it when I was on the job. I couldn't get it for free. They gave me a book this freaking big, though. I was on vacation. I'm like, I'm going to read it. Oh, it's, 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 a, it's a difficult test. What's the CDL? What is that? Your kids keep talking about a CDL. Co commercial driver's license. In oh, order to I, drive a truck. Well, I just got my license in November. I never had a license before. Really? A driver's license. Yeah. You drive in New York? Hell no. I done no. my test in New York. <laughs> I done my test in uh, Red Hook, but I never, I never drove here. I never drove anywhere. I used to just cycle my bike and walk everywhere. Where, where, where are you staying now? Uh, downtown Brooklyn, just by downtown the Barclays Center. In, in oh, in, I love it's it. like um, like uh, Fort Greene, just by Flushing Avenue and then Lafayette, just right on the have corner. You been, have you been to Barclays? I haven't. I'm not a sportsman. I've never been to like my dad beat at Elvis because he loved it so much and made us all hate it. So I never played soccer, no football, no what handball. But, but it, it, it's a wonderful venue if you get the chance, especially yeah. for boxing. It was, yeah, it, was yeah. really, it was really made for boxing and basketball. It's, it's actually it, it's better to see to see a boxing match there than in Madison Square Garden. I believe. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, because yeah. you get to see the whole... Okay. But it's more... Yeah, it's, 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 it's built kind of up instead right. of spread out. So right, you're like right. right on top of the ring. Do you remember a guy called uh, Mr. B? Barry Addison, he used to look after Buddy McGirt. He was like a bodyguard for him. No, I Remember don't. him? No. Mark Breland? Mark Breland is a Brooklyn Yeah, him and Mark Breland were good friends. I'm friends with Mr. B. So, he, so, so him and Buddy were like that. And, and oh, Mark. Yeah, I met Mark through Mr. B. Huh? Whatever happened to Mark Green? He's still trained. He's a no, trainer. He's still he, trained. He, 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 he trains he's Deontay Wilder, who just uh, looks like he's going to get rid of him, which is a shame because I, I thought I thought Mark made the right call. Yeah. Well, well, he was a hard time, right? Deontay yeah. last year, did he go through a bit of a, a thing last year? He wasn't well. Was it last year? Well, he, well, he, Deontay lost to... Uh, um, Fury. Yeah. Fury. Tyson Fury. Yeah, he just lost to Tyson Fury. Hey, well, what do you mean he made the right call? What call? Well, well, Deontay was kind of catching a beat. And, yeah, uh, oh, you mean stopping the and, fight? Yeah, Mark stopped the oh, fight. Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. And, I, and I thought he, I thought he saved him from himself because yeah. Deontay's a tough guy. I think he would have, he would have stayed in there, and he would have took okay, a lot of unnecessary yeah, punishment. Deontay has one of the most powerful punches 
the, yeah. and the world's ever seen. But the real, you know, Tyson is a master, master boxer, master boxer, master boxer. You know what I'm saying? And he figured out cutting, cutting him off, and getting in his grill because at the end of the first fight when they fought, and he got knocked down the second time when he got up, he was he went after him, mm -hmm. and then he realized he backpedals, he doesn't know what to do. So that's what he did that fight, and it was over. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Pat, do you ever get guys that come to your gym and they want to be like uh, mixed martial artists? No, I, I, I do. I get a few. And, and, and a lot of the mixed martial artists come to us to learn how to box. Right. Yeah. Because that, it's, it's that, completely that, different stand-up yeah, to grappling. The point mm -hmm. for a mixed martial artist is the boxing. They're usually good at wrestling and jujitsu, and then they, they right. lack in the boxing a lot. Yeah, they, they, David Branch actually came to us to, to learn how to box. I can't wait till your place is opened up and you got guys going to the gloves. That's going to be great, man. Yeah. You know, we, we got we got a kid going to the Olympics too, James. I don't know. Okay, now he's no way. Yeah, he's huh? going to, he's a, a Brooklyn kid. Started boxing in the gym, never boxed before. And he's uh, it's going to be a 2021 oh. Olympian in Tokyo. What part of Brooklyn is he from? I just from Brownsville. Oh, he's Brown. from Brownsville. Uh, yeah. I'm not in Brownsville a lot. Um, what's the kid's name? Bruce Harrington. Bruce Harrington. If when you get a chance, if you Google Brownsville born, they just did a documentary on him. Oh, get out of here. Fantastic. Yeah. Bruce Harrington. Bar uh, Carrington with a C. Okay, Bruce. Carrington. Oh, that's great. It, it, you, you know, um, James, you, you were talking about that you do modeling for the kid with the kids no it was like a we put a fashion show on inside this prison right. prison in orange county where we um a friend of mine works for for asics she's like the lead designer right and she and she wanted to do something in human trafficking and i met this girl who worked in human trafficking and so two years later i put them together and then we came up with this show that we ran inside the prison but the kids were the models inside the prison yeah so, no, no, but that, that that's my point i would love because we just had a kid that they they discovered him. I, I'm not sure who it was, maybe Versace or somebody, discovered him from his boxing Instagram page. Oh, and they, they they picked up on the look he's got. And he's yeah. right now, right now he's in Italy. He's wow. uh he's walking a runway in Italy. Fantastic. His, his name is Fantastic. Alex Chaparro. I think I know Alex. Yeah, oh yeah, I do, I do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah, and I, I, I'll tell you the truth. Because if you ever see the, when you get a chance, go on our Instagram page, NYC yeah. Cops and Kids. Oh, and okay. You, kids, they're just, they're just real good looking. They're tough kids, but they're good right. looking kids. I think they'd be, they'd make wonderful models. It'd yeah. Be a lot yeah. safer than boxing. I think well, that's a great photo well, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me know, well, let me know, Pat, and I'll go down, I'll meet you down there. Oh, yes, absolutely. I, I think, I, I think. I think anybody, like especially like an Adidas, would 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 love to have them as a. Well, a friend of mine has just gone to Under Armour now. She's working out in in Baltimore. So yeah. it's another one. So yeah, yeah, just um. Yeah, they they I, just got the perfect bodies, just a boxing bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're all they're all built beautifully. Yeah, fantastic. I I can get a couple of kids to see it as well out here. That's a great and look, Bill. We facilitated this. See that? Look at that. <laughs> when it's on the New York Times, and this is a bestseller in this book. We're going into so many different fields, you know? 
I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see the show. There's going to be a runway show. Yeah. At Barclays. Yeah. And then, Mark, in five years, you knew him now at the Bronx with a conservatory. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I I see, apartment. You learn stuff new every day. Get some million, a million audience per month. You know, it's funny. You know, uniting the two worlds here. I did uh, I, the first show I ever had on TV was uh, Della Ventura, Danny Aiello's TV show. I played a boxer, and uh, we had to shoot some scenes in um, in Gleason's gym in Brooklyn. Oh, very good. And I remember there was this kid there, and they put me in the ring with him. His name was Tyson. It wasn't Mike Tyson, but he was, his name was Tyson. And, you know, I had to explain to this kid. That guy the chicken company? No, no, no. This was some <laughs> black kid from, from Brooklyn, man. He was big, man. He was, he was a heavyweight, super heavyweight like me. But I, I had to explain to him in between takes that, you know, we're acting right now, right? <laughs> Just... <laughs> Don't fuck me up. <laughs> I got to show you. I got to show you the footage, man. This, yeah, this kid was big, man. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was a. Uh, so there you go. The, I, I combined the two worlds, Bill. See that? Yeah, there you go. Look at that. So, Pat, how do you, when a kid comes to you, how do, how do you get him involved in boxing if he's not that type or, you know, if he wants to just get off the street? What do you do for a kid like that? Well, well believe, believe it or not, probably 10% of the kids in the program actually box competitively. The other kids are there just to, just to be in a positive, good place. Kids that just want to get off the street and and be around be around people that they see on Instagram that are doing the, that are winning the Golden Gloves that are possibly going to the Olympics. The kids are our best advertisement. The kids posting the the accomplishes accomplishments that they're making in life. And even and and we we just use the the boxing is a carrot on a stick yeah. to get the kids once they're in the program. And, and I, I, I failed to mention probably the most important part of the program. We built the classroom right Fantastic. in the uh, facility. And, and it's and it's evolved into, it's not just a, a classroom for the SATs or the regents. It's become like a career path classroom where, where the kids to take every civil service test we teach them how to go about how to go through that whole process. Well, amazing! That's brilliant. Yeah, a lot, a lot of kids, a lot of kids end up becoming uh, police officers. That's probably why we have a a great NYPD boxing team because mm -hmm. the kids came through the program. Now, Pat, so you, you got it in two in two uh, boroughs so far, or, or just once? Well, well, we have two gyms in Staten Island, and we have the one in Brooklyn. But it's our ultimate goal, and the police commissioner. Well, I, I think what, what really his input and, you know, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Yeah. What's going on between the police and uh, the community today? What better program to have in every borough, the, the city, to build positive relationships between the cops and the kids? I agree. Pat, you're, a, you're definitely a positive guy. I mean, I'm, I'm old and I almost feel like going to your gym. <laughs> You're welcome to come. You, you can teach the kids stand up. <laughs> well, I want to get off the street myself, you know. Yeah, that's that's actually a good thing. If you ever want me to come down there and do that, Pat, I'll do no, it. I, I, absolutely. I, I'll I tell you, we, we we did a show one time. Remember the Grand Prospect Hall in Brooklyn? Oh, I love that commercial. Yeah. That's my favorite. I, I watch that commercial once a month. 
just to make me feel good. Well, well I, I, we, we, our first boxing show we did was in that facility, and, and I got a local Democrat council member to box against a Republican senator. Oh, man. Wow. And I had, uh, believe it or not, I was able to get the, uh, the late uh, the referee. Uh, damn. Who, who did the Ali Frazier fights? The famous referee. No. His son is a referee now, right? Yes, his son is a referee. That's I'm I'm drawing a blank. I'm me too, but I know what you're talking about. Well, I I, I got he he ended up refing uh, three Ali Frazier, the three uh bouts. Amazing, huh? And uh, I had Jackie problem? Mason. Now now that that was my point. Jackie Mason was the MC. Uh-huh. And he he did a whole stand-up routine and he had the place, he had the place on their knees crying. Grand <laughs> Prospect Hall. We make your fantasies come true. That's my favorite commercial. You know, his name is Mr. Halkius. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I love those. It's a great commercial. That commercial stands the test of time. I'll put it up against anything. If you're home and you're not from New York, look it up. The Grand Prospect Hall on YouTube, the commercial. It's great. Were you in it? Yep. What? <laughs> no, it's a, he's coming down the big gold staircase. Oh, him and his wife. Himself, he does that a lot on the show. No, you never, you never saw the, you never saw the commercial, Bill. No, it was on TV all the time. Well, I probably. I grew up with that commercial. It might, it might ring a bell, you know. And you know, when I was when I was in a story when we were growing up, we were always like debating where we should go, and then somebody would go, "Why don't we go to the Grand Prospect?" It was. Yeah. <laughs> It was oh, a good the commercial. I'm gonna look at it later. I have a I've, I've just written it down. Very good. It's classic. It's classic. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I watch it all. Like I said, I watch it all the time. God, I'm getting some good tips tonight. I have Bruce Carrington, Alex Shapiro, and now the Grand Prospect Hall. I'm gonna have homework at the end of this. Yeah, I'm gonna watch that Bruce Arrington. Is Arrington or Carrington? Carrington. Carrington. B A R. Bruce Carrington, that's great. Now, Pat, your uh, your food um, dispensary, what's it called? It's a food. It's a wholesale food distributor. It's a wholesale food distributor. Chef, Chef Choice. You have you have fifty employees, right? I do. Yes. And are they all from the neighborhood? They are. Yeah. So if I, if probably, I, probably if I said, "How is Pat 80%. as a boss?" Would they say, "Hey, oh, oh, who's <laughs> Oh, yeah, they say, they say he's too he's too easy. Too easy. <laughs> too easy. Yeah, he's got to get. Right? Gives people days off easy, right? <laughs> yeah. my, my my it was my father's business when I retired. He uh he handed me the keys and that was the last time he saw the place and I know why, because it's probably easy to get shot at, being a cop and running a business in New York City. That's nice what you said. It's true. Running run, run, run a business in New York City, you can't imagine how difficult it is. Especially now as well, but what's going on at the moment? Oh, right? it's horrible. It's horrible. Especially for the food I, business. Well, thank you. Yeah, well, I, we, we were essential, so we never closed. We were right. lucky. We never closed. But I, I, I'm a wholesale too. So right. I, watched, I watched probably... Half of my restaurants went out of business. Yeah, yeah. They have no business. They, if they didn't have takeout and delivery, they were gone. Yeah. 
they were done. They and I'm not yeah. I'm not sure how long their landlords could carry them not pay, paying any rent. Yeah, because we were talking about that today with someone and seeing me. They're not. No one's being evicted at the moment, right? No, no. They they put a moratorium on, uh, on evictions. Okay. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's got to be tough as well. I mean, no business. People not being able to pay rent. I mean, what's going to happen next? That's the, it's tough. Well, they just no, opened right. it up 25% and they're keeping the the uh, the outdoor dining. Like Everybody's going to have to get these... these uh, the heaters. Warm, the heaters, yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, If you own a business right now that has heaters, man, you're going to be, you're going to do well. Yeah, there you go. Because these places expensive to use too. That propane isn't cheap. Yeah, I know, I know. But 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 how how long are you going to be able to eat outside in the New York weather? Heaters and no heaters, you're not going to be able to eat outside. They they got they got to open it up. I was just in Florida and everything's open. Restaurants were open full capacity. That day we had lunch down in Tribeca. I all I smelled was fumes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? You're sitting at a table in the street and it's like you got a, a exhaust pipe pumping nice fresh air into your mouth, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, we done that on Sunday. That's all we had on Sunday. We're just eating it. Yeah, you got to drink more, man. Bill. Bill. Yeah. Bill. Everybody, when you're eating out, just drink. No, hell no. I can only it have makes, one a day. So this makes is, it go away. So this is, I've never been in a fight. I only drink one bottle of Guinness a day and that's it. I've never been in a fight, huh? Ever. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in a lot of fights, man. No, never. When I, I was in pretty quick. Pat will tell you. Pat will tell you. He it was a it was just like the thing he did. He got he stood on the corner. Yeah. He drank until you couldn't see, and then he walked around. What the fuck are you looking at? Like <laughs> he's just looking for trouble, man. Every night, and I, I hated it, man, because I wasn't really a fighter. I'm not a confrontational person, but yeah. It was just uh, you didn't want to be called a pussy, like yeah, you know. I, like, I love being called a pussy though. No, funny. in my neighborhood, if you wanted, like, put it this way, we used to hang out. We used to wear t-shirts and leather jackets, and it was so cold you could put your beer, your forty, in the fucking snow just to melt it, either so to keep it warm. Uh, That's how cold it was. And the first one to go home was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you, bro? Yo, he's a fucking pussy, bro." What a fucking pussy. Oh, you got to study? What do you want to get an A? You know, that was... The, <laughs> what do you want to be somebody when you get older? Yeah, look, this kid wants to be smart. He's going to go home and read. <laughs> that was my neighborhood, man. I, just, I grew up in a similar one, Mark, that, but that's the thing, but it's how you look at it, right? You can either jump in and you can fall into it. You just go, yeah, I'm a pussy. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, yeah I, I kept it very yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm freezing. I'm going home. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'll see you then. I'm out. I got a fireplace. I'm actually going home to have some pussy. What's wrong with that? It's like, what do you do? You call me as much as you want, where I'm going home to get some. I'll see you later. Yeah, yeah. I wish we were smarter than that, man. We... Hey, and in Ireland, it's always cold and damp, too, right? It's cold and damp, yeah. It's freezing. It gets into your bones. It's awful. As they say, they always go to Ireland for the weather, right? I, I, just, I was just looking at these these pictures the other day. This, these are old images from... Um, from where I grew up, and I'll show you now what it was like in the 80s. I mean, it was pretty bad. I am, uh, you guys keep talking. I'm going to find something now. I'll show you now. No, no, we're going to wait for you. 
No way. Just... We have nothing else to talk about, so we're going to talk. How do we keep the camera focused? On oh my god! Don't be putting this pressure on me. <laughs> well, so look, James, I, so... I didn't bring up before, but but my daughter's a hairstylist. Oh, She's she a... is. Yeah, she loves it. She she does. She does. She specializes in uh, bridal parties. Oh, amazing! Well, she's talented. I can't do any of that. But it's like, for me, it's like I've always got away with it. Without it's like so if someone comes in the ass or something, and I don't know how to do it. I'll talk to Melvin and say that's not going to work, and I'll be so focused that they then look on. Oh, maybe he's right. You think I know what he's talking about? That's not going to work. So it's like for me, it was like it was always a play on words to to get what I could do and know what I do to the best of my knowledge, right? Instead of pretending that I could do it, right? So, but a lot of these guys that when they get into it, it's like, yeah, there's some talented people out there. I'm not one of those people when it came to hair, but I knew how to move in situations, I guess. So that, 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 that's what I'm trying to say. Hey, you're full of shit, man. You, I'm yeah, sure you're right. very good at what you're doing. No, trust me. I'll send you. Just being that modest. No, I, listen. It's like the positives. I just tell the truth. Part of being a part of being a groomer is that people do so because they like you. So, so I was like, that's that's the type of area I grew up in, and that's what we woke up. There was always burning cars. That's out, a lot that of alcohol around. So. That was Northern Ireland. No, that's Dublin. Dublin. That's what Dublin was like in the eighties. Wow. Yeah, well, I was telling you about the 80s over here with the, uh, with the, uh, okay, with the, with the, and the music over here, it was, uh, it was insane over here in the 80s. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. You know, and there was a lot of crime. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody got robbed. So many people got robbed, they didn't even call it getting robbed. They called, you got mugged. Do you think it's coming back like that again? You think it's going to be like that in the next few months? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's already here. Mm. You know what the funny thing is, is everybody keeps saying, oh, there's so many crazy people outside right now, so many homeless, crazy people. I'm like, it's the same amount. Oh, wait, James. Where'd you go, James? James, you got to re-up your iPad. Pat, what do you think about that? I mean, you, you got a son on the job. You're in the belly of the beast, right where your business is. Well, how do you see the city? No, it's 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 definitely because of the lack of uh, enforcement for quality of life issues. Yeah. And the quality of life issues, well, we know it. We live through it. Lead to bigger problems. Right. Like we stopped enforcing like the. Uh, the barbecues. Remember the barbecues? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We used to have to go out there and shut them down at 11 o'clock at night, which which if you were their neighbors was pretty reasonable, 11 o'clock at night. Well, we don't do that anymore. And what happens at a barbecue in Brooklyn when you're drinking all night and now it's one, two, three o'clock in the morning Someone's and now guys are, are all carrying guns again yeah, because there's no, because because there's no more because uh, they're really not afraid to carry guns. And what happens? We're getting all the shootings that we're having. This that's that's the reason for the uptick in shootings this summer. Well, Pat, I remember going to CompStat meetings, and uh, Chief Anamone would always say, "What are you guys doing about those dice games?" And you know, people, because he's right. Because what he was right, but people would think, "Oh, how hard! It's, a dice game is harmless. It's harmless." 
till they start drinking and someone starts losing. And then they start drinking, right? And those dice games aren't so harmless after a while. It's the same thing as barbecues till three in the morning, right? Yeah. Yeah. The one it's kid, just... the one-year-old kid that got shot, got shot at like two or three in the morning, wasn't it? Yeah, Trope Street. On yeah. Trope. Yeah. And it was really early in the morning. Like, what was a one-year-old doing out there? Yeah, but that's a question you can't ask. Oh, yeah. A lot of questions you can't ask. Cultural? I never had my son out at one in the morning. Yet to a but you can't ask that question, though. Because yeah. if you do, now, now you're in a big world of shit right now. Because what are you trying to insinuate? But the truth is, why why are you out? Why is your child out at that time of the night? But 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 it, but it, but when you go into the communities, because now I'm speaking for my my coworkers, that the last thing that they say we need right now is less cops. I'm just telling you what, what my coworkers and what the kids in the gym say. We need more cops. I don't, I don't know whose idea we got who's, who's the brain trust behind. Listen, defunding the cops. That whole idea. Because who's, who's, who's going to get seriously mm-hmm. impacted the most? The people in Brownsville and. and the, that whole idea. And, 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 especially, and, and they want the quality of life <laughs> enforcement too. Just imagine you got to get up to go to work early in the morning and the kids are outside smoking pot and drinking and blasting the radio. Pat, that whole idea backfired, by the way. Minneapolis is, re- they, they, they're all saying, yeah, you know I, what I it know, really but it, entailed. But, but how, how many people had to get killed and uh, well, what was the cost of that? And look but, at the, but, fund the police, the fund the police, right? I work in a program at the police academy, how to handle mental illness as an actor. Um, I'm the only guy who was on the job there. Everybody else is an actor. The clinicians, it got defunded. Those cops that worked in our program, they're working on something else uh, in training right now. Or maybe they're in the street. But the only people that got defunded was all the actors, all 12 of us, and all the clinicians, all 12 of them. Those are the people that got defunded. So the whole thing is absurd. And and, and believe me, I'm not a right-wing nutcase. Um, I believe, I, I'd rather have kids in the boxing program, then be locking them up. But you have to, you have that, there, there has to be consequences for bad behavior or else you're just going to continue to have bad behavior. But still, I think you have to have a balance as well, right? Because sometimes- balance, it, you know, no, absolutely. That's, that's why I'm because, saying- You know, for me, it's like, you know, for me, it's like when, when I'm out in the community, half it is that there's no dialogue anymore. So it's like, it's either us against them or them against us. But then how do you find a narrative in between that? One is boxing. But well, then I think well, you well, need to find other ways through that as well, because the conversation really needs to be had, right? So well, it's well, like, yeah. you know, and without that conversation, it's like, well, you're going to have one group going, fuck you, da, da, da. Then you've got the other ones who are like suffering trauma from hearing that. So then how do you help them to deal with that trauma of the abuse but then the ones, how you heal their trauma of throwing the abuse from what they've been through over years and what they've been generationally told. Yeah. Well, you know, Pat said the last time he was on the show, he said something pretty profound. He said, you have all these professional athletes and all of these Hollywood people, and all they do is criticize. Mm-hmm. But he says, okay, you criticize. You're right. It's fucked up. <clears throat> now, how are we going to solve this? Going to sit at the table and come up with a solution, or are you just a, you know, a negative yeah. Nancy, whatever they call you. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Going to sit at the table, and that's Pat. He's a problem solver. 
And that's my point is, is like, and I always, Colin Kaepernick, you took a knee. All right, you said there's a problem. But could you imagine if I had the name that Colin Kaepernick has to mm -hmm. raise funds, to put a program in the Bronx, to put a pro program in Harlem? So, so yeah, the use, Sox, use, the your, Sox use that notoriety that you got, that you have out of being this great football player, and use it for good. You come up with solutions. Everybody, the it's the it's easy to talk it. about it's the problems. The Sox with the pigs on it doesn't help anybody. No, no. It doesn't. If it opens up a conversation, okay, let's talk. But nobody wants to talk. And, you know, you're using a perfect example because that guy was offered uh, uh, plenty of times to play professionally again. And he, he, he flaked every single time. He, he doesn't want to play again. He uses that every once in a while. He's exactly what he, he's supposed to be right now, an antagonist. There's no solution. There's no let's get to the table work. How do we work with the communities? What is it that you want us to do better? Sit down, talk to us. Nothing. It's just about anarchy and it's about overturning, uh, you know, changing the way we do things in this country. So that's it. That's it. They, they're trying to bring a different type of. Uh, so let's see. I mean, you know, people vote and whatever it is, I'm going to fall into place because that's what I do. That's my job. I just want to tell jokes. I want to have fun. I'm not, this whole thing is fucking crazy right now. I want to, I want cops to stop fearing for their lives when they go to work. I just want everybody to be happy. So let's do it, man. Whatever it takes. Oh, Pat, who's the, uh, the new community affairs chief in Brooklyn? Jeff Madry. He's from the, he's from Brownsville. He's from, he's from Brooklyn. No, well, yeah. He he's made New York, right? He's New York Brownsville. As they used to say in the neighborhood, he made his bones in Brownsville. Yeah, I, I know him. guy for that job, right? Yeah. No, I, 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 you want to know the truth? I think they're grooming him to be the PC. I worked with him a couple of times. I've done comedy shows in Brooklyn, at least three of them. One at the Barclays, as a matter of fact, that he was there. I, know, I don't know him personally, but he knows who I am. I know who he is. You know, he always tells me how funny I am. I, and he's very, yeah, he's definitely part of the community there. He's, he's definitely. He's the perfect guy at the perfect time for the chief yeah. of community. Because he has that lady in there now she, uh, who took over his role. What's her name? Max. Uh, Max. Henderson. Chief Henderson. Not chief Henderson, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, I, I, I met her just recently. She seems like a very nice, competent yeah. person. Yeah, I met her at a church give out. She was, um, there was a church given out in East New York and she showed up. I mean, she sounded like super sweet. Oh, she's good. And, and, and Madri's a cop too. He's, uh, he's not just a community affairs guy. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah no. He's the 75th, he's, right? You know, he knows how to do police work. Yeah. Yeah, the 75th he was at, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. And, you know, that's good. A lot of times, uh, community affairs are known as like the hug squad. You know, yeah, and they just want <laughs> to hug people, and they sort of deny that there's a there's guys out there doing the dirty work that make it possible for these guys to, to hug people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. they, they, well, there's no more anti-crime. There's another reason guns are running rampant. You know, I was a big pro. I mean, I loved it. I was in anti-crime for six and a half years. They all get off the street now, though. I said, I see Walter will. Uh... Oh, they, 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 see that—that's what's making me sick. That you got these elected officials that are talking about 
that the cops are under a slowdown. He should he should join uh, Walter's page. See how many guns they're coming in with every day. They're you know, all, they're 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 all getting guns. Yeah, no, they're coming up with the guns. They're cut. Well, you know what I like is they're doing more precision policing. They're look, letting the cops go out there and target that one percent that destroy every community, and well, they're going at, after them and they're catching them with guns. Look at uh, Rick Moranis, the actor from. Uh, Honey, I shrunk. No, I, didn't, I didn't see that. Was, I heard that. Well, he was walking down the street. He's a 67-year-old man, by the way. He's walking down the street. He gets punched out of nowhere by somebody. And then the next thing you know, there's a perfect picture of that guy um, coming out of the subway. So they they that's police work right there. You yeah. get the picture of him coming out the subway. You get him walking down the block. Same clothes, same match. It's the freaking guy. Why he punched this guy? In the, who knows? You know, but wait, that's that's police work right there. Because you always wondered, how are they going to catch this guy? Well, Mark, how, how much you want to bet when he's, when he's arrested, he's got a rap sheet about 10 pages long. That's that's a perfect segue. Look, why, start following the, detect, the uh, chief of detectives, Ronnie Harrison's yeah, and yeah. NYPD. Follow their Twitter pages because they're posting all the great work that's being done out there by the cops. They're posting all the gun collars and they'll and they're ending every tweet with the perps previous arrested on probation, on parole, common denominator. In other words, the police are doing their job. It's the system that's really not uh following through on their job. Because well, bail bail reform has been a real horror show for New York City. Yeah. You know, Bill and I talk about this all the time. They kept the they kept the the foot on the pedal for too long, uh, with that stop, question, and frisk, and that became that that was a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Yeah, I, I, part I of uh, an activity report where you had that five a month that that killed everything, and that was on the Bloomberg, by the way, because the, at that point right now you had three hundred homicides a year. What are you going to do? You're you're in a city of eight million. 300 people are going to die. You got to take the foot off the pedal. And we knew that, uh, unfortunately, that because everybody always blames the cops. You're only as good as the administration. They pretty much dictate what we're going to do. And if they want the numbers and they're putting pressure, you're putting pressure on the cops. Now it's a different job. Now these guys are have a different pressure from the no, community. That, that, that was caveman policing. When we just go out there, that you're making 250s. I know. Activity report. No, Believe was, me, I, I knew it when I had to do it five two fifties. I didn't understand what we were doing right now. No, that, that's caveman policing. That was that was bad administration because they were up against last year's numbers. Yeah, but you and can't you, run the police department. No, like no, that. That, that that's my point. It's bad administration. Instead of instead of the one anti crime team that comes in and locks up that one guy for pattern burglary that shuts down probably 30 burglaries because the guy was going to project it to do another 30 burglaries as opposed to the, the bullshit five guys in a GLA. And on his activity report, he looks like a star because he's got five felonies. Hmm. Well, Pat, if you, ever read that one, if you ever one burglary read pad and that was shut down. If you ever read the book by Bill Bratton called Take Back. I, I loved it. He's one of my favorite books. Yeah, one of my favorite books because I lived it. And, well, he, and uh, he also spoke about once you had uh, lowered crime to a certain level, 
you had to do other things like more community outreach. Yeah, yeah, hundred You can't constantly have your foot on the gas pedal. You had to take your foot off a little bit and always reducing it. Once it came to a certain level, you can't, you know, because look, people were coming home from work and they were getting tossed. They're getting stopped. Good people were getting stopped two or three times a day. You're like, you're stopping the wrong people, you know? And I was an anti-crime guy, man. I was a big proponent of drugs. Yeah, I, I know, but you were an anti-crime guy. It, I, I really didn't like the street crime units because they they were coming into a command where they really didn't know the community. Right. And and they usually were coming in because you had uh, an uptick in uh, in violence in a particular area. But the I fact just the whole philosophy behind street crime was to send them somewhere for two weeks, have them turn the precinct upside down, and have them get the hell out of there. Yeah, not two months. We always talk about this. We always talk about this. And, and the truth is, is like, you know, the cops, are, the police department's a pawn. It's used whenever necessary and for deflection. And it happens all the time. It happens all the time. Everybody hates the police right now. And, uh, you know, it's when I came on the job, everybody hated the police. And then it got nice after 9-11. That didn't last too long. But the crime went down and people started being able to do different things in the city, like go wherever you want. Uh, the COVID right now messes everything up because everybody thinks there's so many different crazy people and homeless. It's the same amount. It's just that there's no people out there. I'm more visible, yeah. Yeah. So if this guy who has to punch somebody in the face every other day, usually he's got about 100,000 people to pick from. Mm-hmm. You know, now he's got three because <laughs> he's on Madison Avenue and nobody's walking down there. Yeah, but when so, he gets collared, he's going to be out in, in, in a couple of hours. That's yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. That's the one thing. It's like there's no tourists in the city. I remember when transit used to do those transit sweeps. There was no one on the street. <laughs> transit would sweep everyone out of that subway system. And you're like, holy shit, there's no one in the subways, you know? But it worked. It worked. You know? You know, yeah, well, there's no, listen, in the commercial areas in the city, there's nobody going into the buildings anymore because they're working from home mostly. And maybe they come in once a week. And uh, when you get into uh, Lexington and Park and Madison, those were all commercial areas in the Midtown. Mm-hmm. And it's desolate, man. There's nobody there, especially on the, on the other side of uh, where Times Square is and stuff like that. Yeah. There's nobody out. Yeah. It's not, it's I was not, there last week. It was empty. It's it's yeah. it's, it's sad. It's sad. I don't, I don't know what's, what's going to happen to the commercial real estate market, especially office space is going to plummet. And, that, and that's, that's a big, that's a tremendous tax base in the city. Every, you know, Pat. Everyone hates landlords till they realize how much taxes they pay. You know, and when the well, landlord's tax money's not around anymore, people are going to hate the landlords anymore. Yeah, no, it's 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 a major problem that that, that the mayor seems to poo poo, but but he he's crazy. What a buffoon! How that guy? You know, I blame it on the electorate. The electorate elected that buffoon twice. You know. Anyone here vote for him? <laughs> no, I can't vote. I'm not from here, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I think the problem is that nobody votes. 
Everybody complains and nobody does out. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's true. But yeah, but then if you look at, I mean, what sort of game is your man playing at the moment with this COVID thing as well? But the, the ruckus, this is and the and the, the hysteria it's going to cause now because he's going to come out and go, oh look, I'm fine. COVID's not that bad. It's going to be. No, it's yeah. He's got. He's not over yet. I, I don't understand why he's saying I'm going to beat this and lick this. You know what? Write it. Write it out. Shut your mouth right now because you don't know. It affects yeah. everybody differently. And, um, you know, Walter Reed might send him home, but you're still in a situation right now where you got to be very careful. You know, you're in that age group where it could affect you and it could turn. I've, I've, I've read stories about it turning uh, overnight. So there's a lot of people that were given a clean bill of health and have bad symptoms down the road from it, even yeah. after they were cured of it, you know. Yeah, it's it's an odd thing. Nobody seems to like you know. No matter what you hear, it, it, you never get. I'm never satisfied. Like I never. I don't think anybody's really knows what the hell's going on. Some people test positive. They get no symptoms. Some have, some have symptoms, but they, it's light. And other people, it affects like uh, it just destroys them. So there's no rhyme or reason to it. No, there's no because I've been tested four times, and all the way through COVID, I never stayed at home and nothing and had no antibodies. I've been on the train. I was on the trains at the beginning. I think, you know what? Your, your immune system will take care of itself. I think yeah. the worst thing you can do, you know, I have a joke that, you know, it's not a joke, but just amongst my friends, we know somebody that um, their wife bought him a dog. He's like, he's in his 80s. And the guy, got, God bless the guy. He got a younger wife back in the day. And she doesn't look that bad for being in her 60s. But now she, I, I, we're thinking she probably wants to get rid of it. She bought him a dog. So this guy in his 80s walking a dog, and um, I, I think the guy's getting stronger because he's, you know, his body's working. He's fighting. He's fighting off all those things. He doesn't realize if he would have just kept him in the room by himself, and well, you know, bring in a, a delivery boy every once in a while just to drop the food off inside, he would have been dead. But he's going out there every day. His body's working. It's fighting off all these fucking things that he's facing. I think, James, I think James drinking his one Guinness a day might be <laughs> that's, it. that's the cure. It's not drinking yeah, bleach, drinking a Guinness a day. That's it. with a Sambuca Romano with the three beans. <laughs> that's the cure. <laughs> that is the cure. Oh my god. Oh no, I love my Guinness. How do you Every keep day. one Guinness? I don't get that. It's gotta be a really big Guinness though, right? What do you got like we do one keg of Guinness a day? Not just one sip, like a, literally one bottle a day, that's it. I'll just sip on it for about an hour, an hour and a half. That's <laughs> it. An hour and a half. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could do that, man. No, but it was like, you know, Ireland is stigmatized about being a bunch of alcoholics. I never drank in my life. There was only one person that drank in my family, and that was it. My dad, no one else drank. The same on my mom's side. There was 13 kids and 13 no alcoholics. Holy shit. Yeah, 12 girls, one boy. Can you imagine the boy? Oh, my God. <laughs> Probably got the that... shit out of him. <laughs> no, he was sent off to the Merchant Navy at 15, and that was it. You're out of here. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oops, sorry. You know, so I never touched this stuff. So I think uh, what we came to the conclusion tonight was there's a, there's a, there's a photo shoot that's going to be in the... Um, that's going to go in the boxing into, like, that's going to go into a, a, it's going to turn out to be a book, a coffee table book. 
It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be all the, the boxes from Pat Russo's place there, the brand new place in Brooklyn in Staten Island. And Mark's going to uh, find the funding. Mark is going to do the writing. I'm Bill hot. is going to do the sales. And I'm going to do the pictures. Fantastic. We've got a great team here. And yeah. With your photographs, you have to have all the celebrities sign them. Hell no. <laughs> You're cutting their hair in the background. You know? <laughs> so, like, get this. <laughs> I think that's a great idea, man. I think any any exposure that we can get to the program and expand it. Like, I, I always wanted to do this thing with the PAL. I wanted to get the celebrities involved. Everybody sponsors a team from whichever borough that you're from. And uh, like Fat Joe from the Bronx and Jay-Z from Brooklyn. And every, they sponsor a team and they and they uh, the cops coach it. And every once in a while, if they can, the celebrities, they'll come to a game. They'll talk to the kids that are on their team. And... Uh, Boxing, Pat is already doing it. I think we Pat, boxing can lead the way into it, but Absolutely. I think it should be. Fair. And I, I'll tell you, we got one. We got a wonderful football team with the department, baseball team. We, we have everything, soccer mm -hmm. team. And and I, and, I, and I ran that past the PC too. That there should be cops and kids, everything, cops and yeah, kids yeah. football, cops and yeah. kids baseball. No, just to be, just to bring the kids together with the cops in a positive setting. And like we said, just to have that conversation. Wow. Do you think they'd ever do anything with cops and kids and comedy? There you cops go. It's comedy. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I got a lot of funny kids. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> well, yeah, listen, they, they, they might not mean to be, but they're funny kids. You bring you bring you bring me down there. We'll we'll do a a teacher class for any all the kids that want to do it. Okay. And uh, yeah, it'll be something else they can do. Let me tell you, you give these kids a microphone. You give me a microphone. I want to I want to hit myself in the head with it. But you give these kids a microphone. You can't believe they become they become stars. Oh, this is just natural. Some of the best uh, times that I had as a kid was snapping uh, the dozens. You know, it was just something that was part of school. You come in the class and I, I hate to say it, but, you know, maybe some of the younger kids don't understand it. But a lot of it was about your mother. I never even met your mother. And, and all of a sudden, we're doing your mother jokes. Like, and this is before class starts. And everybody's snapping on each other's mother. And like, we didn't even know each other's mother. Well, they knew my mother, which was bad, because my mother was pretty. She was pretty hot. The, the joke with me was, yo, yo, Mayo, yo, let me get your mother's number. And I would, say, I would always say that, uh, well, I live with my mother, so I guess it's my number. I'm going to call her. That's for me, and I'll put you through. <coughs> But yeah, the playing the dozens and snapping on each other and busting each other's chops—that's what we did in in class, man. In the in the in the inner boroughs, you know, that was a thing. The playing the dozens was a thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, I have no fucking idea. I grew up in the suburbs. Nah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you never snapped on each other's mothers? Your mama jokes? That was like, uh, yeah, every day, every day. Your mom is so fat or your mom is so ugly. Yeah. It was always like, it was all. Like, uh. mm. So, yeah, I think you guys, everybody's doing a great job here. Everybody, and everybody's doing well, except for me. Are so, you doing better than all of us? You're just saying that. You're being humble now. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's in the conservatory. You're in some uh, loft in Brooklyn. This guy's in his palatial estates. I'm in a, a basement apartment in the Bronx. So what are we talking about? Yeah, right? but what's above the basement, though? That's what, that, that's the question. What? 
What'd you say? What's above the basement? That's the question. The 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 homeowner's <laughs> home. <laughs> yeah. Pat, hey Pat, do you think you'll do anything with those kids on the bikes? Do you think the police would ever do anything with those kids on the pedal bikes? Do do I do anything with those kids? They yeah. they drive me crazy, those kids. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's really, yeah. How scary are them when they when they come down the block? But 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 how talented are they? But the, okay, so here's my point, Pat. The reason I'm thinking of it is that so in London they've done a thing called bike storms. So there's like five to six thousand kids, and they have it orchestrated for once a year that they do it, and it's kind of amazing because it's a great it's a great time to bond because there's so many, and there has to be structure to it for in order for it to work. You understand? So it's like. Yeah. You have to have dialogue, you have to have conversation, you have to have it with the leaders, then you have to have where you have to get involved. You don't have a choice but to be involved. So it's like for here, I think it's so all over the place with them. But I think if you had a better narrative, something like that, I think I think it could be a powerful tool. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. You, could, you have to send me the uh, what they're doing over there. I'd like well, to I look mean, at it. Yeah, 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 I'll send it to you. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's I have, so yeah. Are you guys talking about the uh, the wheelie kids the on the pedal bikes and the the the, the 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 dirt bikes and all the when they no, go the crazy through the no. neighborhood? Well, they they have in Brooklyn we're currently dealing with both, but I I, yeah. I know what he's talking about. Yeah, the pedal bikes. The on the regular bicycles, they just come down the block popping wheelies. Because I get some of them sponsored, so I work with a lot of them. So it's like like for me, it's like. They have a lot of frustrations, like any kid. When they go to do boxing, it's the same thing. A lot of them are like amazing athletes. Of three kids, I just got two kids. I got sponsored out in Baltimore. I mean, amazingly talented, super humble. But they come from really bad backgrounds. But for some reason, they've locked onto this, and it's changed their character completely. And they're great leaders with the other kids. I just got a kid from the Bronx sponsored, amazing kid as well. And it's like it's that sense of freedom where you have an escape from our home, and that's what sometimes these kids need, but when so many of them come together, well then how do you sort of work with that as a benefit because you have so many? I think that's the whole thing. I think kids need, uh, the younger people need to get introduced into, into a whole bunch of things and figure out what you'd like to do. There has to be an opportunity. Once you get excited about doing something, life has a purpose. It's not mm -hmm. about this nonsense that's going on, hanging out in the corner. Now I, there's something, I have a goal. I want to do this. I want to try it. I want to check it out, whether it's boxing. I mean, these kids do, Mark. I mean, they're they're like, I mean, they they're, just, they're gravitating because they're looking for something, and they were they, we got to give it to them. Yeah, it's filling a void as well of not having not having anything either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, everybody everybody here is doing the right thing. Well, except for Bill. I don't know, Bill. What are you doing? <laughs> He's in the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have problems in the suburbs. <laughs> Everything's good. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to produce one of the greatest podcasts in the history of New York City Police Department. There you go. <laughs> Somebody's got to work. The right partner, though. <laughs> <laughs> he told me he was funny. Uh, you know. So yeah, so here we are, man. We're we're about at the hour. Um, we're actually over the hour. So uh, we want to give us a second here while we uh we just plug our Patreon. If you enjoyed tonight's show. And you want to support us here over here at Police Off the Cuff, um, please check out our Patreon, patreon.com, Police Off the Cuff. Uh, we have three different tiers. Uh, Bill is going to tell you about them. <laughs> the first tier that costs $7 a month is called The Bucket. 
So if you want to be a bucket, <laughs> spend seven a month. The second tier is called Polish My Rack, and that costs $9. And the, the premier tier is called Dipped in Butter, and everyone likes to dip them in butter, and that costs $11 a month. And Mark and I put on different shows on our Patreon. Mark does a show called One-on-One -on -One with Mark DeMeo. And I do a show called Real Crime Stories. And we have detectives that worked some really unbelievable cases. And they tell the story of these cases. And I interview them about these cases. We've had uh, Mike Heinrichs, one of the most highly decorated cops in the history of New York City Police Department. Michael O'Keefe. Uh, Tim Muldoon, you know, I could go on and on and on, but every week we're having a great uh, detective come on. Uh, Sandy Rubino, I don't want to leave her out, she'll get mad at me. She was a great special victims detective. And they tell these stories from their point of view and from the investigative. Uh, I just had Kevin Walla on from the National Homicide Squad. I've had uh, Vicki Cooperman on, fantastic comedian here in New York City, a writer, an actor, and she got robbed at gunpoint right in Midtown recently. So we talked about that. I had uh, uh, Timmy huh, Hall. I think it's Hall. Timmy Hall. He's a he's a cop in. He was a re, he's a retired cop from Baltimore, but he's a, a tremendous stand-up comic right now, and uh, he's uh, he's very funny. He's got great cop jokes. And Andrew Singer. Those are the three guests that I've had on. Andrew was a, a, a Passaic County Sheriff, and uh, midway through the job, he found out that his three and a half year old son had meningitis. And dealing with that, and uh, it's uh, nothing but love, laughter, and they're very positive stories, all having to do with law enforcement in one way or the other. And uh, so, before we part, let's just give a sh uh, thank you to our guests tonight and uh, see what they got to plug. Uh, Pat, we'll start off with you. Well, New York City cops and kids, you go on an Instagram page. It's NYC cops and kids, and please follow us. And if you ever want to make a donation, you can go to our website, nypdboxing.com. There's a donate button there. Pat, I donated the other day. I hit you with a $50 bill. That's all I can't. That gets you three more appearances. Hey, Pat, Pat, I, I hate to break the news to you, but that was from the both of us. James. I'm going to jump a part on, on, on. What, what, what do you got to part with? What, what can we plug for you? Actually, thanks for having me. It was fantastic. Good fun. And uh, I'm going to jump a part and get to donate on his page. It's a good um, it's a good one with the boxing and stuff. Fantastic. Let's see if we can work this thing out where uh, we get these uh, these kids and uh, we, we, we take photos of them. And, and it's, I, I, I see it already in my head. I think yeah. it's going to be a big thing. So, so, so here's what we could do. So we did it. So years ago, I done this thing on Union Square with these these group of street fighters. They used to they set up a fight club, and they just kick the shit out of each other. They were called the Union Square Spartans. So, but I loved them because that they done it for good stuff, not for bad stuff. But anyway, the New Yorker came in. They done a piece on them, and they tried to label them as something else. So I got pissed off at this because I saw a whole other value in them. So I brought a friend of mine that had a magazine in London. We redone the whole story. But what we done was we done a Polaroid of the kid. And then on the other side of the notebook, the kid wrote inside the notebook what he'd been through and why he fought and what it was he was where he wanted to go to through fighting. So we could maybe do something like that where it's like you could teach the kids poetry and Bill, 
Pat, you could arrange it for the kids to have a portrait done. And then at the end of it, they could do a, a piece of their story, but then they would have a funny poem at the end of it to go with it so as it wouldn't be so somber. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds you know, good. You know, Pat, we actually really could do a comedy show and Mark and I could teach the kids and actually have the kids do a show. That would be cool. No, I bet, I'm telling you right now, they would love it. And I think it would sell. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and Mark, Mark, look, Mark's a better comic than me. He's been doing it for 23 years. I'm better at everything else in life. But, <laughs> but he's, but he's a better comic than me. I, no, I agree with you. <laughs> so there you go, man. That's it. This, uh, this concludes another episode of Police Off the Cuff. After hours, thank you guys for tuning in once again, and to our guest, uh, uh, Pat uh, Russo, Pat, right? And this is James iPad. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, yeah, man, one Guinness a night. That's all it there takes. That's all it takes. <laughs> That's all I had. Of all the world's problems with one Guinness. I look, look, I'm still, look, I'm still got half a bottle look left. Man. Yeah. I'll go to, I'll go to my grave that, saying that all I had tonight was one Guinness. <laughs> Thank you guys, man. Thanks a lot. Right, guys. Thanks, everybody. Right. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Bill.